It's Friday, it's February 2. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio, Radio Tab, wherever and however you are listening. Hope you're having a great Friday morning. And uh, we've got Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald coming up shortly to talk some footy and racing. We'll get some mail off him for the meeting at Rose Hill Gardens tomorrow as well. We've got a one-day international happening Later this afternoon, Australia and the West Indies at the MCG. Australia, very short in the market with Tab $1.15. The Windies are $5.50. Uh, we've got the second test as well starting today between India and England. Going to be one to watch after England pulled out a miraculous 28-run win in the first test. And a couple of changes there for England. Jack Leach and Mark Wood make way for 20-year-old spinner Shoab Bashir, who will make his international debut. And James Anderson... The 41-year-old comes back in for England against an Indian side pup without Ravi Jadeja and KL Rahul, who were uh, regular fixtures in their starting 11. They're out due to injury. So England have an enormous chance mm. here. No Coley as well. I won't be backing them. <laughs> but they've got a chance. They've got a big chance. Mm. Yeah. India in their own backyard. Well, yeah. I, I don't write... Don't write off the impact of that first test victory, put it that way. Mm. Just the confidence that the players will have now. It seems like they're definitely taking that approach. In conditions like that, they're going to try and put pressure on the bowler rather than sit there and wait for one with their name on it, which I think is the right approach in those conditions. Um, India's got plenty of stock. Like, yeah. doesn't matter what position it is. Like, even though if you're at Cole, they bring in another batsman that scored like three Penrith. triple hundreds for his state. And it's a bit like Penrith, isn't that's, it? That's mm. exactly right. So, they're still going to be very... T- India, England are still going to need a lot of things to go their way, um, starting with the toss. If you can win the toss and bat and put some runs on the board, and your team's confident, and you're playing well, um, and you've got spinners that have just bowled India out, taken 20 wickets. You just never know. But yeah, I'm, I'll certainly be watching it. I'll be glued to the TV, that's for sure. I think it's going to be a cracker. Socceroos, 2.30am Eastern Daylight Time tomorrow morning. Very early hours. Asian Cup quarter final against South Korea. The market with Tab Australia, $3.30. South Korea, $2.25. Favourites, the draw, $3.10. That is the 90-minute market, of course, in the to-qualify market. South Korea a dollar sixty five and the Socceroos two twenty five. Mitch Juki stated the obvious that we need to exploit their lack of recovery time. That's South Korea's lack of recovery time. Two days less than the Socceroos, and they went to extra time and penalties in their win against Saudi Arabia. And uh, Mitch Duke saying we need high energy and physicality, and uh, we'll preview it all with Mossy Phil Moss in half an hour's time. There's Premier League this morning and getting towards half time in London between West Ham and Bournemouth. And Bournemouth, courtesy of an early goal there, holding a 1-0 advantage. And Adam Pengilly's Manchester United head to Molyneux to play Wolves. And that match kicks off in about three minutes' time. Adam, a very good morning. How are you? Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. Going well, Mido. And uh, not holding out a lot of great hope from the Manchester United this morning. I think Wolves are probably dust this. Might be another bad morning. Ninth on the table, I see here. <laughs> Just rub it in a bit more. And Wolves only three points behind. Uh, anyway, let's talk some footy. And story in the Herald today, we, we mentioned it very early this morning, in fact, uh, All-Stars player availability, and particularly these teams who are heading to Vegas, who naturally will, or the clubs will want those players getting game time with their clubs in their mm. trials naturally before Vegas. But if they play in the All-Stars game, 
they won't be able to do that. Yeah, it's proving extremely difficult, isn't it, Mido? And we had a story in the Herald today. The Roosters virtually asked the NRL, the Australian Rugby League Commission, could their players be excused from playing in the All-Stars fixture? The, the NRL, um, in defence of them, came back and said, no, we would still like them to be involved. It should come down to a personal choice of the player. But isn't this just a symptom of a, of a, a crowded schedule? It's getting more and more crammed. Like, we're going to Vegas this year, which I think is going to be a worthwhile experiment. Everyone's hoping that comes off and it proves to be a, a really long-term play. But when you do that, you need to start the season another, another week earlier. Um, obviously, clubs want to have their trial games. We've got this new, well, not new, it started last year, this pre-season challenge now, which goes over two weeks, and they're offering prize money to clubs. So that needs to be sort of factored into the schedule. And, Loz, you probably know better than most, given your involvement with the Indigenous All-Stars over many years, that it can be hard trying to get player availability. And, 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 and to a large extent, the, the whole week's not really about the game as such. No. They do a lot of work in the community, which is great, but... The game is probably suffering a little bit, isn't it, Lois, at the moment? A lot of players not being available to play. Yeah, and that's the thing, Adam. You, you touched on it there. While the game is important, it's about the work that they do in the community and that reconnection yep. back to their culture uh, and understanding uh, a lot more about it um, and what they contribute to the game. So um, there's a place for this game, and I'm hoping that it won't fall by the wayside. Mm. It's there to stay on the calendar um, and it will be there to stay if the players want to be a part of it. But I can understand the clubs that are going overseas not wanting their players to be there because they won't get a chance to have a warm-up game before they get over there to Vegas to try and get their season started on a, on a, on a, in, in a good way. But anyway, we'll see how that all unfolds. Look, there's been some talk again over the last couple of days about the 18th side and the new franchise and expansion and where it may or, or may not be? Where, where, when do you think, realistically, a team can come into the competition, a new team, and where do you think it will be? Yeah, it's a good question, Loz, because this is going to be a major topic throughout the, the course of this year, because the, the, uh, the commission is going to get closer to making a, an announcement on expansion, where they're going to go for an 18th team, and if they do have it, where it's going to be. At this stage, the absolute overwhelming favourite is the Pacifica team that's going to play games out of Papua New Guinea, probably be based in Cairns, have their players up there and flying in and out of PNG and, and Moresby to play games. Well, I found, I don't know what you guys thought, but I, I read the Telegraph this morning about this, the coaches poll they've done, and the coaches have virtually shot down the idea of, of having that sort of setup with, a, with having a team playing out of Papua New Guinea saying we should be going to Perth. That should be the next market we should be targeting for our 18th team. I'm not sure what you guys think, but I feel like sentiment within the game is probably shifting maybe a little bit away from Papua New Guinea and, and having a team over there. And maybe we should be looking at another market like Perth, maybe even a second team in New Zealand. But when the federal government's deciding to virtually underwrite this franchise and pay the amount of money they're going to do to, to set it up, it's hard for the NRL to turn it down, isn't it? Surely, like that's 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 the issue. If the money's there on the table, how do you say no to it? It's it's hard to say no. Mm. That that's the problem. And we're talking a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. But is it not the same conversation we have around all sports? And you can't blame anyone for it. There's a lot of decisions, majority of decisions made around professional sport these days are based around money, not what's necessarily best yeah. for the game. No. And it's, it's certainly more attractive for the players to go to Cairns Definitely. than what it would be to go and establish themselves and live in PNG. Because well, that, might it... have been a, that might have been a hard sell. A hundred percent. Well, I don't it think that, I don't think that's realistic. I, I, can you tell me players are going to choose to go and live over there rather than play for the Titans? 
No, that that's exactly right. The, uh, the uh, Broncos, uh, the West Tiger, yeah. like that that would be that's a massive decision. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, there's a lot of talk, Adam. Not only eighteen, but they, there's talk that possibly in you know ten years we may have twenty teams. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's sustainable, Ross? Do you think we can get to 20 teams with the amount of players? And... No. It's ridiculous. I, I, Seriously. I don't know. I don't I, have... No. Well, you're going to dilute not, yeah. the talent. I reckon we we're, I reckon we're borderline I agree. pushing too far but already. I like aspiration. I, I like oh, no. There's nothing wrong with... I reckon that's great for... Even you think of junior rugby league. Yeah. It's, it creates more opportunity. Yeah. But... The reason the NRL, in my opinion, again, this is my opinion, the reason the NRL is the NRL is because of the quality of the footy. Yeah. And yeah. that separates every other competition around the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. you want a comp that's even, don't you? You want a comp that exactly. there's a fair chance of you winning most weeks when you turn up. We haven't seen that yeah. over the last couple of years because there's been some clubs that have been... That's what I'm saying. We're borderline by already. By the, We're borderline. By the wall, yeah. Uh, you know, wayside. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. Um. Just a quick one um, off the back of yesterday's story, Adam, about concussion, mm. and at, at, in particular at the, at the junior league. And uh, this is all sports, by the way. This is community sports. What do you think will happen there, and how quickly will these sort of new recommendations be impl- implemented? Yeah, good question, Lloyd. So the AIS has, has obviously come out, and, and, and with this twenty-one day stand down period for non-elite sports or community sports, which I think is a is a really good starting point because let's be honest play, people who play community or recreation sport don't have the access to the specialist medical expertise that professional professional clubs do so you know the old saying if in doubt sit them out hopefully that's going to be taken on board by a lot of people who just play community or recreational sport what's going to happen with the nrl point of view well the nrl's already been you know gradually tightening the the protocols over a number of years now we already have the automatic 11 or 12 day stand down period now so if a player fails a concussion test throughout a game they pretty much can't play the next week. We, we've got that. Will the NRL go any further than that for this year? Listen, I'm not too sure. I don't know. I think they're definitely working on stuff behind the scenes at the moment. Whether that's ready to be implemented or not, I, I, I don't know. But I wouldn't be holding my breath for a change of 21 days straight away was in the NRL. I think they're pretty comfortable with what they've got at the moment. Yeah. And certainly the AFL's got that as well too. So I think they'll probably stay in place very much for this season at least. I, I know we haven't touched on it. And it's a rugby league and racing segment. But... Geez, you've got to be concerned about young Will Pekoski again. Well, yeah. He, he's had yeah. issues mm. after he was hit he on the head. just ruled him out yeah. of the shield game as because, well. Because yeah. he was, he, he got delayed symptoms. Yeah, I know. It's, so, yeah, it's so heavy. It, it, it is heavy for, yep. the, for the yep. young man. Yep. Yeah. Adam, what, um, where's Jack White in that? There's obviously the talk about um, he's going to be available for selection for New South mm. Wales. I well, Loz, you probably know this better than anyone. If he's available, is he not the perfect fourteen for us? You're finding a spot for him in the team, aren't you? Oh. Like if his form's good enough, you definitely. I reckon we missed him last. Team. I reckon we really missed him last year. Yeah. He just covers so yeah. many spots, doesn't he? He just like he he can play halves, centre, back row, like, mm. and and you know he's going to do a job for you. And I, I reckon. You can probably speak to this more than me, Lawrence, but I think we've seen some of his best football at origin level rather than at club level. He's one of these guys that seems to raise a level when he plays representative football. Well, um, origin's about competing, and that's yeah. what does Jack do? That's what he does best. That's his strength. So mm. it, it, he does all the little things that you want in a player and does it well at a high standard. And when people are fatigued, he, he's, 
he's just doing what he does. Mm. You know, he's like a, I don't know, a, a Reuben Cotter. They're, 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 everything's effort. Everything's effort-based. They give 100%. Um, and that's why he's suited to that arena. Mm, mm. I think it's I think it's edging towards him being available again, Loz, to, to be honest. Everything that I'm hearing. Probably the one thing is that South, <laughs> South probably bought him maybe on the proviso, thinking that he'd be available for them throughout the whole origin period because he'd had chucked in representative footy. So it's going to be a conversation he's going to need to have a little bit more with, with the club, I'd imagine. But everything that I'm hearing is he's feeling is he, he's, he's open to playing again for New mm. South Wales and being part of that origin setup. It's going to be a... Interesting, isn't it, with South? Because they could have, they could have five or six a, a players in Origin, or they could have one, one or, or two. two. Yeah. Well, you remember how they were travelling midway through last year? Yeah. That's why they had so many guys for the Origin period, and then they came out of it really, really poorly. Um, it can make or break seasons. We've seen it in the past how long it was that Origin period. Okay, racing this card at Rosehill Gardens tomorrow. Where are you playing? Yeah, the markets. I think. Got most of the races pretty well screwed down correctly, Mido, to be fair. One horse I do want to back is race six, number two, Age of Sale, an import for the Chris Lee stable. I thought was really impressive winning first up in Australia in a, in a midweek race at Warwick Farm. He meets Morning Sun again, the horse that he narrowly beat in that race, and he's still at a bigger price. So I know the draw is probably a little bit stickier for him than the other horse from Annabelle Neesham's yard, but happy to leave that in the hands of Nash Rilla. Still plenty of upside for him. I think 2,000 metres second up is perfect. He can hopefully get the job done. Race six, number two, age of sale for me at Rose Hill. Age of sale, $4 with tab currently. Race six, number two. Mate, you have a good weekend. Before I let you go, Mido, one nil to the United already. Oh, Rashford. Great. So there you go. Oh, I'll move you up to eight. Actually, I've got a question, Adam. And yes. I've just been reminded uh, of this by a, a listener. Um he was just saying how Manly and the Dragons are playing a closed-door yes. trial today. Do you know mm. anyone going to be out there? Are uh, you allowed in to watch it? To well, see I, it? Think, I think Seeds is doing some media after the scrimmage laws. I don't know if they're going to allow cameras in there or any prying eyes from media or journalists, but I think they've gone old school this morning. I think they're kicking off – correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're kicking off about 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah. So it's a nice early morning scrimmage. So, yeah, I'd be keen to see – the reports about how it goes and obviously a lot of interest in both clubs this year with a lot of, a lot of new recruits. So, yeah, it'll be kicked off nice and early this morning. What, what did you say last year, Loz? Oh, I never played before three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to worry about getting up early. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sick with my routine. <laughs> Lunch at 12. Oh, incredible. <laughs> Uh, you have a great weekend, Adam. Thank you. Adam Gilly there. Just before we go to a break, the multi Loz's first of 2024. It's open. It's in its usual spot. Tab app, tab website. Click on sports in today's offers. And you're playing both legs at Rose Hill Gardens tomorrow, Loz. Yep, we certainly are. Mido. We're going race five, number three, Celerity, to run top two. Into race eight, number seven, Salt Coats to run top two, and that is paying six dollars if you want to be a part of the BSB multi. Six First bu- one for the year. Six bucks. Now, yesterday, Clarkie made what I think a lot of us thought was an outlandish statement that getting in a cryo chamber mm. or maybe an ice bath as well yeah. can burn what was it, eight hundred calories yeah. in three minutes? He was tossing one up. Well, we are a sports program, but also educational at times. <laughs> Really? Not, not through us. No. So we get other people to educate us. So 
on recovery. Well, I was educating you two well, yesterday, you but yeah. then you'd yeah. you you slap me down. We were tossing them up. What do you mean I was tossing what Mate, up? 800 calories in three minutes. Yeah. I, well, you know what? You can't. I'm, I'm just going to be quiet. You can't I'm lose just going to be quiet. That amount of weight. Well, okay. about the Jordis, he's a personal trainer. He does it for, you know, elite athletes and high flyers. Based in Brisbane, by the way, who was listing yesterday. Uh, and uh, he's the director of a leading private gym and bathhouse. And he, in fact, started underground ice bath sessions for his clients eight years ago and incorporates ice baths and hot and cold therapy into fitness. Joining us is Ben Murphy. Ben, a very good morning to you, mate. How are you? Well, thanks, gents. Good morning. So just describe to us what exactly you do. Uh, so I'm the owner or co-owner of Vikasati. So we have a wellness centre that has a, a gym. Uh, world-class fitness uh, and recovery facilities uh, located in our bathhouse. So we have one of Australia's largest Finnish hot rock saunas, hot and cold magnesium pools, and um, two chilly ice bars that sit out on a beautiful deck out the back of the building for our clients' tears. Okay, so let's cut to the chase. Clarky <coughs> said yesterday. Come on, Benny. 800 <laughs> cows in three minutes. In, burn, in, burn in, that, eight, in the cryo in, machine. In the that's, cryo what I was, machine. that's what I was told, Right, yes. okay. Fact or so, fiction? Uh, somewhat true. So, so what happens oh. is not in that in the three minutes you don't actually burn the 800 calories. Uh, what happens is that the body is getting obviously cooled down so much that so internally the body's starting to heat up and it's pr- providing a thermogenic effect on the body, essentially increasing our metabolic rate. So, after you hop out of the cryo, your your metabolic rate will be a lot higher that day. Um, and so the research has sort of shown it's more specifically for ice bars, but I could probably relate this back to cryo that. It increases your metabolic rate by 350%. So wow. for an 80-kilogram male, uh, wow. metabolic rate on average is probably going to be about 1,700 calories. So we're increasing the metabolic rate by 350% for that time where the body's trying to work its way back to sort of equilibrium, back to its sort of normal state. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, to some extent it does burn 800 calories, but not actually in that three minutes. It's for the time after when your body's trying to heal and repair back to its and, normal state. And, Ben, what's... How long does it take your body to go back to that normal state so by, by, by hitting something like an ice bath or putting it in that, in that shock state? How long does it take? It, 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 yeah, it's, it's, a different, it's, a, it's a different answer for everyone. Like we have a 14-degree pool, which is very, very stressful for some people. Yeah, okay. um, but we also have the ice bars, which sit down at like five degrees, which mm. are like just as equally as stressful as some others. So. It depends what like your tolerance is to a certain stress response, okay. um, and that's sort of why we have both those. You know, some people you know freak out when they hop in the crutch; it's too intense, but can you know sit in an ice bath for five minutes. So, so Ben, if I wanted to lose weight, you, you've still got to train. You can't just go in, <laughs> hop into a <laughs> cryo a or a well, ice bath and don't advise eight hundred cows. Can I and do that four or five times a day? They don't advise you. Well, actually, no. Ben's the expert. Sorry. <laughs> Go, Ben, or yours? Uh, like, I'm a, I'm a big believer that, you know, losing weight and, and just gaining weight is a very uh, synergistical effect of a lot of things. Mm. Eating, training, um, you know, we, we Drinking see Drinking, in our case. We love the ice baths for so many different reasons. Like, it, it builds this mental resilience that, you know, mm. so many other things, like, you know, you, people struggle to. It, it creates this stress tolerance in the, in the body and the mind that, you know, you go out into the rest of your day and you're probably not going to experience that, that short-term stress again. Or if you do, it's not probably not going to hit the threshold that you did in the ice bath. Mm. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of health benefits around increasing mitochondrial production. So mitochondria is a little battery, the little powerhouse in every single cell in our body. And what happens, we have those mitochondria in our fat cells. So when you activate the mitochondria, it's actually helping utilize fat and fat stores in the body to burn as energy. We used to always do the uh, ice baths after training. Mm. Is there any yep. benefit in doing ice baths before training? Yeah, so there's a there's a um, Harvard professor, Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's become quite popular on on his podcast. He's, as well. he's done he's yeah. done the rounds, but uh, there's a lot of research around in, increasing for males, increasing testosterone production and strength gains um, by doing ice baths before and letting the body naturally heat back up as you start to train. Um, if you look at a lot of like the strong men um, and, and the strong women, they're from all these like Icelandic countries where. They're, they're naturally exposed to all of these cold temperatures. They're then moving into the gym to train, and you know they're super strong and super fit. Ben, what's the theory going around at the moment? This the cold water, the the cold shower first thing in the morning, because for certainly us three that wake up at four a.m., I couldn't think of anything worse in July. In, in, the in of no, in yeah. the middle of summer, at any stage, <laughs> I couldn't think of anything worse than jumping in a freezing cold shower at four a.m. Come on, Clark. I don't think the, um, the the showers are that cold here in Australia. So, Mate, no, uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm hopeless in cold water. That's why I, the ice bars for me kill me. Yeah. I find yeah. it so difficult. But the cryo, I, as hard as it is, I don't know. That seems maybe because the water's not on my body. But a cold shower, I, I, I don't reckon I could do it in the morning. Yeah, and I think this is like the benefit to hot and cold therapy when you, you really need to utilize water. Um, so when the water touches the skin, the body cools down a lot quicker. And then obviously yeah, okay. when you hop in in a hot pool, the, the body heats up a lot quickly as compared to maybe like a sauna and an ice bath. Okay. So um, the water touching the skin obviously helps bring the, the temperature down and the water touching the skin, the hot pool brings the temperature back up. Well, yeah. just tell us one more time about your facility and where it is, Ben. We're in uh, Red Hill. We're just uh, up the road from Suncorp Stadium, the Broncos, uh, 147 Musgrave Road. And, yeah, we'd love to welcome people in to come try an ice bath here in Brisbane. Benny, thank you for not making me feel like a bigger idiot today (laughs) than I did yesterday. Thanks, Jen. Good on you, mate. Thank you. Bye. Welcome back. We've got Phil Moss coming up shortly. A really good staff at Manchester United here at Molyneux against Wolves. They're 2-0 up. didn't see who just scored then, but Rashford scored the first goal. So 2-0 up after 22 minutes at Molyneux. Man United up against Wolves. And in the other Premier League game this morning, Bournemouth still hold a 1-0 lead at West Ham in London. It's 1-0 there, 50 minutes gone, courtesy of a goal after three minutes there. We're going to preview the Socceroos Asian Cup quarterfinal against South Korea, of course, with Mossy shortly. Uh, just over in the Gulf, we've got the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. First round in progress. And Rory McElroy has hit the front. Five under through 13 holes. Uh, Christian Bezidenhout of South Africa. Justin Rose, Patrick Cantlay, JT Poston all at four under par. One stroke, stroke back. Uh, not seeing any Aussies here yet. Yep, Jason Days, two under through six holes. Good start for Jay Day. Adam Scott, one under through nine. They're at beautiful Pebble Beach in the Monterey Peninsula in Northern California. And uh, Loz is uh, handing us information out. Good on you, Loz. Mm. What's his cup say? His coffee cup? Grumpy whatever the weather. 
Good stuff, mate. Uh, the Tasmania Jack Jumpers beat the Cairns Taipans in the NBL last night, 94 to 86. And in the cricket yesterday, the Marsh Cup, WA against New South Wales. It was a comprehensive win for New South Wales by five wickets with more than 100 balls remaining. Uh, they rolled Western Australia in Perth for 161 and uh, in response, five for 163. So Jack Edwards was a judge player of the match for eight overs, four maidens, three for 14. And with the bat, Daniel Hughes, the opener, 52, and Ollie Davies, 38. Uh, got the bulk of the runs. The multis open, Loz. You're playing for the first time this year. It's paying $6, and you're playing at Rose Hill, both yeah, legs. Both legs, race five and race eight. So race five, number three, Celerity to run top two. And then race eight, number seven, Salt Coats to run top two. And if you want to be a part of that, Mido, that's paying $6 this morning. Uh, I had a text. I was at a, actually at a Parramatta Golf Day yesterday, and I'm just trying to find a text there earlier. For the uh, Eels? Someone for the Eels. And How are they looking? Oh, they're looking fantastic. The bloke who I... How did Gutho go? Hit the ball? You know, well? I, I didn't <clears throat> play with him. I played with Marlow. Our man Marlow. Right. And, Why was you know, Marlow right. Well, he got a late call up, right? Because there was a someone else had to pull out from our team. Yep. So, uh, but uh, no, to chat with Dylan Brown. I saw he was on the news last night as well, talking about you know. Well, he said that he needed to grow up a bit. That he's mm. you know made mistakes. He's moved on from all of that, and on the field he needs to get out of his shell and play the footy he knows he can play. He says he's been consistently inconsistent, but Marlo and I had a good chat with him yesterday, and he was he was in in good spirits. He's still young. I think that's twenty three. We forget that some of these players, they come onto the scene really quickly at a young age mm-hmm. and we're expecting them to be um, consistent with their performance. And, and they give us glimpses of mm-hmm. what they've got. But you know, eventually, they will have that consistency in their game and you know they're going to be wonderful players for the club for a 10-year period. So, um, you know, he obviously struggled last year. He missed a lot of games. And he'd be looking to repay Parramatta this year with a strong performance because his best football is as good as anyone. But they've just got to strike that right balance, Parramatta. Two years ago, they made the grand final. Last year was a failure for them. I I think they play finals this year, Parra. Mm. I I think they've got a good enough roster. I think it's better than last year. I think they start the season a lot better. And I think, to me, they seem a very honest group. Mm. And I think the honesty comes from their coach. I don't think he sugarcoats anything. I think he tells it how it is. And I think they all respond to that type of coaching. And the other bloke, you know, you notice because he's obviously a pretty tall lad and, you know, fit looking is Sean Lane. And you've got to remember he, you know, he had a very interrupted season last year, didn't he? He had the broken jaw. He had another injury. I think it might have been a hamstring yeah. pretty bad as yeah. well. They, they lost players at key times. He, they started to get themselves back into the game, uh, you know, running for finals, and then they'd lose a couple of players. Yeah. You know, Madison wasn't there to start mm. the season. Um, you know, their, their, their pack was um, dismantled at times. It didn't look anything like mm. uh, what they'd had the previous season. One of the shining lights for me was Bryce Cartwright's consistency. I, I thought he had his best season in first grade. Um, so, you know, Jermaine Hopgood, Cartwright, Lane, Madison, Campbell Gillard, Parlow, they, they've got some forwards and they've got some grunt. And, you know, 
Moses, Dylan Brown, Gutho, uh, Penasini will be better. So they, they've got some good players. So I, I expect Parramatta to, to play finals again this year. Jimmy the Eel texted in and said, look like you're enjoying the heat yesterday. We were playing with Sevo. He had the right idea. He played 18 holes with no shoes on. <laughs> I didn't notice that. But gee, I'll tell you what, it was a hot day there in, in the northwest of Sydney. Yeah, well, being from Fiji, he'd be used to walking around with no shoes on. I mean, they don't wear shoes over there in Fiji, so he'd be, okay. he'd be happy here in Australia walking around. I'm sure Marlo will probably fill you in, but at one stage I'll duff the tee shot and this bloke's laughing at me. I look over, it's it's Regan Campbell-Gillard. <clears throat> like, run at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can he play? I uh, didn't notice. Didn't notice. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. So Gutho would be their best golfer? Is that right? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, assuming. Yeah, I'm assuming. He's the one that plays quite a bit. But I'm not but sure. But I reckon Mitch Moses would go right at golf. Yeah, I'd... I, th- I think he strikes me only, as a golfer. We're, we're in our own group, so... Right, so you didn't I, get a chance get, to assess the floor. Yeah, exactly. So did you mingle with them after it? Well, I had to get home, Loz. I didn't get oh, home until so you drove out there and drove... Yeah. Yeah, right. Would have liked to, but then I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Mossy, good morning. Morning, Meadow. A little bit envious, talking about golf days midweek, when uh, some of us are working our backsides off in the office. But anyway... Yeah. What do uh, you play off, Mossy? Uh, I play off the white tees. <laughs> right, so your <laughs> handicap would be? <laughs> uh, about 13 at the moment, mate. But, oh, that's uh, pretty good. Direction. That's very but good. But what about, yeah, actually, good. you know what? It's a good point. Why is golf the only game that I can think of in the world, the only sport where you get penalised for being better? Yeah, okay. That's stumped, that's stumped yeah. you all, isn't it? The better you go, the, the, the well, your handicap. Well, the you aim is to play off scratch, right? So, yeah, but the better you get, the harder it is to, to win competitions. Whereas usually the better you get, the more chance you've got to win in competitions. You can take this or is it the other way? Sorry, is it just leeway for being so poor? <laughs> in well, our case, in our case, no, because mate, we get some well, slack for cricket, being so bad. In cricket and rugby league, you start yeah. at a certain level, and as you progress, you get better at it. You move through the grades. There's no handicap, and though. And it, and, yeah, but it's harder. There, sh- there should be the way I bat it. It's still harder, <laughs> <laughs> mate. When you play in India, there should be. You should be able yeah. to start with two hundred on the board. Or England, play in England, you get a few extra. Yeah. Anyway, it's a thought provoker. Have a think about it. We can come back to it next week. Well, I, I want to start. I want to start with your multi, Mossy. Uh, oh. I thought I saw a message. No, sixty-eight and oh, zero. No, it's don't give that. Well, bloke who sends those texts, honestly. Seriously. I just want to know. No, no, I'm not. I don't care about the sixty-eight and zero. I want to know what the number is, and I reckon Mossy would know. Where's your multi at, Mossy? Sparky, do you know how many losses you had in your career? Yes. Yes, I do. What what was it, one or two? Well, I'm still having them, and I'm up to (laughs) 15,927. Are you talking on the field? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Three. They were were lessons. Yeah, true, true. Very true. But no, I I wouldn't have a clue, mate. All I know is it's fair fair game on me. I'm uh, I'm not been in great form, but uh, as you keep saying, every loss, you're closer to that next win. And I should have thought of this, but a million people have texted in going, well, horse racing is the same. 
the better you get, the more, <laughs> yeah, the more weight you're allotted. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just shot your I knew our educated comment. listeners would shoot me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're good at doing that. <laughs> Socceroos, buddy, where we at? What can we expect? Uh, South Korea. Going to be tough? Um, yeah, of course. They've, mm. got, they've got quality. Yeah. Uh, headlined by uh, Hyung Min Son, of course, uh, the Spurs legend. Um He'll be smarting from 2015. He was a 22-year-old when uh, we beat South Korea in the final to win the Asian Cup uh, here on home soil. Uh, he's only one of three survivors, I think, in the South, uh, South uh, Korean outfit. So, um, yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I'm sure he won't be driven by revenge, but there'll be there'll be memories uh, floating through his mind of that. But I think there's a few things to this. First of all, they've only had 72 hours whistle to whistle. Um, South Korea, and they went all the way through extra time to penalties to get past um, the Saudis. Um, so that is that, that's a that is a bonus for us that we must capitalise on. Um, now, whether you go for the jugular early and and try and um, deflate them early, or you you know you, you manage the game well and and run over the top of them when fatigue really kicks in in the second half, that's down to Oni and the strategists behind the scene uh, with the game plan, but certainly it'll be a different type of game because South Korea, you know, they're with all due respect to the other teams we've played, they're the, the highest quality outfit. They'll have more of the ball um, than the oppositions that we've faced so far, which means when we win the ball in transition, that's where we come into our own. We love hitting teams in transition to attack uh, with an open field. So, there's a few benefits there. The other one is Mitchell Duke. Uh, you know, he, he was interviewed yesterday, said he's never felt pressure. So that slight hamstring strain that he had in the final group game, and he came back off the bench in the round of 16 and, and looked sharp and strong. He said this is the best he's felt. So that could be a blessing in disguise as well if he comes back into the starting lineup. You heard it here first, mate. They're not a happy camp, South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Here is it. a happy camp, mate. What's happened? They're off the manager. Oh, it's Jürgen Klinsmann, yeah, too, isn't Klinsmann. it? Yep, they don't like him. Oh, here we really? Go. Yep. True story. They'd be no. the only people in world sport that don't like Klinsmann. He's one of the most popular figures I've known. Yeah, no, they're all off him, mate. Trust right. me, I've got inside mail. There you go. He's got contacts I in I thought soul. you would know that. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that, was so... Yeah. Keep talking. No, the, the the families have been posting stuff about him. Is that right? Yeah. What's your yeah. source? Your research has been going deep this week. Well, I always do, but they're, yeah, they're not happy with him. They reckon they're just right. playing at the moment through spite. They're not even taking any information on board Jeez. upon he's telling them to do. Well, there's another, there's another feather in our cap if mm. we can capitalise on that. Although that can work against you as well because it can galvanise the dressing room. Uh have you got a same-game multi for the match? Uh, I haven't got a same-game no. multi, but they're in my multi. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that. Uh, yep. Let's talk. Well, what about this transfer, Adelaide's Joe Gauchi? So heading to Aston Villa. How good. How good is this? So we've broken the Australian transfer record three times now in the last 12 months. Uh, it used to be Zelko Kalats from, uh, I think it was Sydney United to Leicester City. I'm testing my memory there, but... Um, that's like 30 years ago or something, and, and that was 1.7 mil. Uh, we've now had Jordan Boss, we've had Marco Tilio, and now Joe Gauchi, um, who have broken that uh, that record three times in the last 12 months. So that's good money coming into the Australian game. Um, 
and Adelaide, uh, Melbourne City uh, have, have reaped the, the benefits of that. Um, but this is a big move for Joe Gauchi and it's perfect timing for him. Uh, point one, he's, he's ready to go. He's made his Socceroos debut. He's been in great form for Adelaide. Um, he is the, um, the incumbent to Matt Ryan. There's no doubt about that. Um, and he gets to go and um, be coached by Unai Emery and work as an understudy to Emilio Martinez, who was the World Cup winning goalkeeper for Argentina in Qatar 2022. So a huge move for, for him. Great for Australian football. It also shows the work that Eugene Galekovic, the goalkeeping coach uh, there at Adelaide United, has been doing. And um, and also how good the A-League is at developing players. It's got a lot of faults. Um, we know that. Um, but from a point of view of developing players and selling them overseas, fantastic. Can you answer me this then, Mossy? Why would he go to be third string goalkeeper? The, 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 his first move was, yes, he's going to give up game time. There's no doubt yeah. about that. He'll probably play in the reserves um, over there. But um, but the chance to learn his trade and, and learn what it's like to be a, a, you know, a player overseas under the likes of Martinez and Unai Emery, is, that's gold dust. That, that will set him up for his career. And don't forget, goalkeepers can play till they're you know, in their late 30s. Um, so he's still got it all ahead of him. Uh, but this is a great stepping stone to what uh, what might come next for him. We've had plenty of midweek Premier League Mossy and Liverpool were very, very good against Chelsea yesterday. And at the moment, Manchester United uh, are having a good start. 2-0 up against Wolves. Yeah, which is a big three points uh, in, in the offing. Um, it's only the 38th minute in that one. So um, uh, Rashford scored early, but... Um, Bournemouth and uh, West Ham won one as it stands at the moment. Um, the other the other result from the week was Tottenham. <laughs> Ange, honestly, he's got the Midas touch. Everything he touches, touches turns to gold. He They were 1-0 down going into half-time. He makes two substitutions, a tactical tweak, and they scored two goals in the space of two minutes in the 48th and 49th minute, I think it was, straight after half-time to go 2-1. They gave a, a goal away, Um uh, to, to let Brentford back into it, but then they won three two, and uh, he just continues to to be the uh, the master coach in the biggest league in the world, which is fantastic. Mm. Okay, we better get a multi off you. Right, let's go. Um, this is your one, Clarky. Tell me, buddy. This, I'm backing you. I'm with one. you. Right, so I'm going Australia to qualify for the next round. So that could be normal time, extra time penalties. So yeah, into... to qualify. What, what price are we mid uh, well, what, do you want the 90-minute market? or okay? Oh, so we're, just head-to-head, we're fine. Yeah, well, no, no, we're not. South Korea, oh, 225, really? Australia, 340. The draw's $3. That's with tab the 90-minute result market. But Mossy's using the to-qualify market here, which Australia are 225, South Korea $1.65. Correct, Mossy? You're having Australia to qualify. Yep, spot on. Yep, okay. to qualify. Um, into Newcastle in the, the Premier League, Newcastle to beat Luton, Bournemouth to beat Nottingham Forest. Yep. Into Western Sydney Wanderers to beat MacArthur at MacArthur on Sunday. The Wanderers, and uh, they're paying $2.20 in favourites. So Mossy has gone Australia to qualify into Newcastle in the Premier League. Bournemouth in the Premier League, Western Sydney in the A-League. That four-legger is $11.43 with Tab currently. And Mossy, we'll have to leave it there, mate. You have a good weekend. Have a great weekend, guys. Cheers. Time to talk racing. Brad Davidson's joining us. Dave, very good morning. How are you?
Yeah, morning, Jared. Morning, Loz. I'm well, thank you, guys. Well, the two-year-old picture gets a big focus tomorrow in Sydney at Rose Hill with the Widden and the Cannonbury. Let's start with the Colts and the Cannonbury. As it stands, a field of six. Waterhouse bot. They're just flying. Timmy Clark in the saddle on Prost has an inside draw and is at the head of the market at $2.60. How do you see it? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, guys. Obviously, that two-year-old pitcher took a bit more shape last week, didn't it, with Switzerland winning so impressively. Of course, Storm Boy's still the, the top seed at this stage, but uh, yeah, another couple of two-year-old races this weekend for the horses to uh, put their hand up and, and show that they're in that slipper pitcher. Look, Prost is drawn at low gate, as you said, which could be uh, important there tomorrow, guys. Rail out six metres, so sometimes when that's the case, it can be a little bit fencing run. So... Low draws could be uh, important. I'm going to go with Traffic Water, though. I just think he's got the runs on the board. He's only been beaten by one horse in his career to date. He's only had the two starts, but beaten by Storm Boy on debut and then went to Melbourne and won impressively down there. I love the tick-over trial since, and I just thought if he gets, if he can make a little bit of ground because he has drawn sort of you know, middle of the pack a bit wide there, um, he's going to be hard to hold out. I've got a lot of respect for Prost and the way he's been trialling in that low draw, but I just thought Traffic Warden might be the way to to play that race, guys, but looking forward to seeing if these uh, these two-year-old Colts and Geddens can take the next step. Well, what about in the Widden Stakes with the two-year-old Phillies, Davo? Yeah, look, this uh, this uh, horse for the, the Waterhouse and Botyard, guys, it's trialled particularly well leading into to this race. I talk of Lady of Camelot. Um, I know she was beaten as a favourite there in the gym crack before a, uh, before a, a break, but... Um, uh, she's her two trials have been terrific, and she's drawn that uh, inside draw, so she's going to be able to find that fencing run. She's going to be nice and positive early. And look, I think she's the one to beat. I think if you do like her, you'll get a little bit better price than what's on offer right now. Um, interested to see what Celerity can do mm. for the good open yard. J Mac obviously rode in the trial and uh, rides at the lightweight here. I think rides at 55. So. Uh, trial was good and looks ready to rumble as well. Obviously, the Godolphin team, um, you know, putting out some of their, their better horses right now, their better two-year-olds. So, interesting race. Um, Lady of Camelot, the one to beat, but uh, a big watch on Celerity there for Godolphin as well. Well, I've got Celerity to run top two in the multi. Davo, what do you reckon? I like it, Loz. Yeah, look, she, she did everything you want to see in that most recent trial. Quick turnaround from the trial to race day, but... I'm sure Godolphin, um, you know, she would have come through that trial in flying colours and uh, it's going to be right there in the picture and you've got to get that bit of confidence, don't you, when J-Max sticks on race day. It's always a, a big plus. Have you got anything today or tomorrow? Yeah, look, I think Rose Hill's a bit tricky tomorrow um, with, you know, the, the way the track may play. So I'm going to look sort of Friday night at Canterbury. Race one, number one, Autumn Nation, I thought looked hard to beat there tonight um, was was pretty unlucky there first up. Did find the fence, which was the place to be, but just missed and draws a lovely gate with a, a good jockey aboard and should roll forward there tonight and be awfully hard to beat at Canterbury Park. Another great Friday night of racing there tonight. And look, for those multi-players, uh, probably the most interesting run of the weekend for me is at the at Mooney Valley tonight. Pivot City in race number six, number six. Now, he's going to be nice and short, but... Gee, I think he's a group horse, guys. I think he's a group horse in benchmark 64 grade. He absolutely smashed the clock on debut. And then he went to a listed race at start number two. Started $4.80 against um, some really good horses like King's Gambit. Pulled up lame there. His jump outs this time in have been A-grade. And uh, Mick Price during the week suggesting he's come back even better. He does not need to come back better. And I think he's just far too good for benchmark 64 grade. I think he's the anchor of a lot of multis tonight, Pivot City. 
I think you might see a good horse at the Valley tonight. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that one. And Autumn Nation at Canterbury as well. Just interested in your thoughts as well. The other group race at Rose Hill tomorrow, the Tab Southern Cross Stakes, where Lady Laguna is pretty short at $2.25 for Annabelle Neesham and J-Mac rides as well. Yeah, been heavily backed in those early markets, Jared. 280 into that 225 mark. Look, she's been terrific her past couple up there in Queensland, including uh, a nice victory on Magic Millions Day. She's going to be hard to beat. I expect them to roll forward from that gate and try to take luck out of the equation. Um, she does have a little bit of early speed if they want to utilise that. Look, uh, hard to say. He's going to be the clear danger for mine. A um, little bit disappointing on Magic Millions Day, but had a bit of a chequered path there. The form prior to that was outstanding as well. So, look, I think it's the two-horse race. Hard to tip against Lady Laguna, the way she's been going, but I do think she'll trade a little bit better than the current price. Dave, have a great day and weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.